Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast, episode 91 at IndieTravelPodcast.com. The Indie Travel Podcast is brought to you in association with TravelTalks.tv and IndieTravelGuides.com. We are still in Perth and it's Friday the 13th. How's Black Friday treating you? It hasn't been that black, actually. I mean, I did have to work. But That's pretty dark. But I haven't seen any ladders and I haven't seen any black cats. and yeah. yeah, We're both still alive, so that's sweet. Yeah, We have been booking accommodation for our time in Margaret River and Albany, exploring southwest Australia. Yeah, it's all very exciting. Yeah, we're going to be taking off out of here in late March and um, travelling through until the middle of April. Yeah, we're going to do a bit of time in Margaret River, then we're going to visit my sister in Adelaide. In Melbourne, where our friend will hopefully still be before he jets off on a cruise ship job. Don't you dare leave before you, we get there, Graham. And then Brisbane, and then home. It's very exciting. Yeah, I'll be back in Auckland for a couple of weeks, and, well, see how like who knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is us we're talking about. This week we are talking with Darren Cronian, who you may know from Travel Rants at um, travel-rants.com. He'll tell us about the site, so let's just get straight into it. Well, I'm speaking with Darren Cronian from travel-rants.com. So, Darren, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about Travel Rants? Hi, Craig. Yes, um, I'm a UK travel blogger, one of the very few UK bloggers out there. And I write a quite a popular travel blog called Travel Rants. And basically, what Travel Rants is all about is bringing consumers and the travel industry together to discuss various topics and issues and consumer issues. And I've been writing a blog for the last three years since... April 2005. So it's something that I enjoy doing and it's, it's great to see you know, consumers and uh, the travel industry coming together. And you've won quite a recognised award for your work as well. Which one's that? Yes, last year I won the Travolution Award for Best UK Consumer Blog. Uh, which is a, a massive achievement. I had a, a trip down to London to pick up my award, which sits proudly on my windowsill. And yeah, it was, it's a massive achievement. And to be in the same room as a lot of big travel brands um, who were also picking their awards up on the night as well, it was it was a really, it was a really good time, and it obviously raised the profile of the blog um, a lot just after I won the award. Yeah, I mean, that's led to you being featured in local newspapers and newspaper websites. Yes, um, it's been featured in... I've actually been interviewed on the radio, BBC Radio 4 and 5, which was very nerve-wracking. And it was obviously with it being live, and I knew in the back of my mind that there were people listening from all over the country. It was was very nervous. But, yeah, it's been featured in newspapers as well. Um, So it is getting some good media attention, and and people do like ranting. So (laughs) that's part of probably the success. So um, I guess your area of expertise is in kind of short-term travel in the UK and in Europe. What are people ranting about at the moment? That's a good question. It really is so many different topics people are ranting about. Primarily, it's the airlines. Um, You know, these extra charges that the airlines put onto our prices, 
you start off with a, a flight which starts at five pound, and then it turns into a flight of sixty, seventy, eighty pound because of all the additional extras you've got to pay for. Uh, single person supplements, which is a personal rant of mine because I do do a lot of solo travel within Europe, and I don't particularly like paying uh, for supplements. A single person supplements is another popular issue that people are ranting about at the moment. But there's, there's so much to rant about in the travel industry. Uh, you know, get a lot of emails from consumers who've got issues, um, you know, booking with companies and hotels and that kind of thing. Mm, and we recently had a bit of a talk about the change in insurance in the UK and what travel agents are and aren't allowed to do. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? It's it's difficult to explain from a travel agency perspective, but from what I've I've kind of gathered as information is that travel agencies have to be uh, registered with the financial services uh, before they can sell travel insurance. Now I understand there's an additional cost to travel agents for that, and I think the main concern there is that if travel agencies are not selling travel insurance anymore, then consumers are going to go out, book a holiday and you know, go on holiday, not have any insurance and then find themselves in trouble uh, when they've got a, a massive medical bill to pay especially outside of the European Union, which is where you tend to get you know, the huge medical bills if you're treated abroad. Yeah, I mean, if you are a UK citizen and you're travelling in the EU, you get an EHIC, well, you can apply and get an EHIC card, and that gives you reciprocal rights. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct, yeah. The European Health Insurance Card is free to any UK resident and it does give you uh, either free healthcare or discounted healthcare within the European Union. There are a few countries outside of the European Union that have reciprocal medical arrangements with the UK and um, so it's, it's definitely worth having the European Health Insurance card when, you, when you're travelling. Mm, but does that um, does that replace travel insurance in terms of healthcare? Um, in terms of healthcare, yes, probably it does within the European Union. But it is worth bearing in mind in, in some European countries, you don't receive full discounted insurance for medical bills. So it does still pay to pay the extra ten, fifteen pound for travel insurance because not only will it cover you for the medical side, but you'll also be covered if the flight is delayed or cancelled or your holiday is cancelled for some reason. So for the amount it actually costs you for travel insurance, it's definitely worth continuing to pay that. Okay, cool. Thanks, Darren. Um, well, I know many of our listeners are based in the UK. A lot more of them are from North America and from um, the Asia-Pacific region. But I know when they go to Europe, a lot of people use London as a hub and they fly in and out of Stansted or Gatwick using budget flights to kind of jump around Europe. Is that still cost-effective? It is cost-effective. You know, you can pick up some excellent deals on the budget airlines. Ryanair and EasyJet are two very good examples. But it's worth bearing in mind that you have the additional risk there. Because you're booking 
direct with the airline. If the airline were to go into administration, like Zoom Airlines, which is a, a low-budget carrier that went between the UK and Canada, if that airline was to go into administration, you would have to find your own way home. And it's likely, unless you booked for a credit card and the value was over £100, uh, you, you wouldn't get your money back unless, like I say, you booked with a credit card. So there's some dangers for that nowadays. You know, it's a recession, credit crunch, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, there, there are airlines that have gone into administration. So whilst you're going to get a really good price flight, you've got that additional risk to factor into that. Mm, sure. Um, when you're talking about the over £100 in the credit card, I think that's something that's special to the UK is that your bank gives you it's, insurance it is, on credit card yeah. purchases. Yeah, just in case yeah, there's some sorry, people that's... sitting in Australia going, I get insured. Um, so any uh, hot locations for 2009? Where are people going to be going and where should our listeners consider going? Yes, good question. I think Eastern European countries are, are probably going to be quite hot this year. Uh, the likes of Slovenia, Prague, Latvia, um, you know, you get a good value for money there, even though uh, I think it's Slovenia have recently gone on to the euro, you still get good value for money there. And Spain is still going to be popular with us Brits because it's only a two-hour flight and you know, it's so easy to get there, really, and it's it's pretty much gr- uh, great weather all the year round. But also long-haul destinations like Thailand uh, and Asia, I think, will continue to grow, especially countries outside of the Eurozone, because the, the weak pound is not performing very well at the moment against the Euro. So those are the kind of destinations that I see being popular this year. Okay, good to know. Finally, it's commonly thought or commonly assumed that when people say they're travelling to the UK, it means they're travelling to London. Um, there's this kind of misconception that that London is the UK. Um, so can you tell us maybe a little bit about where you're from? Um, tell us about Leeds and um, anything we can see or do up there. Yes, I, th- I think it's something that I've ranted about quite regular, uh, especially with the London Olympics. I think it's going to be even more the case that people see London as the hub of the UK, which is true. It's a capital city and there's a lot to do there. But there's some great northern cities like Leeds and York. Leeds is a city where really it's, it's somewhere you would visit for a, a, maybe a long weekend or a weekend break. It's got some brilliant restaurants, it's got theatres, um, great nightlife and absolutely tons and tons of shops. If you like shopping, it's definitely the place to come. York is not that far away from Leeds. It's probably about half an hour trip away and it's got a lot of history. It's got um, a Viking background. It's got uh, Cobble Streets. It's, it's a really nice place to visit and it's quite a popular place amongst Americans. 
Um, so yeah, from London you're looking at a, a two-hour train journey, which is not much really. And the the price of trains, providing that you book ahead, you can get some really good deals. Uh, if you literally come to London and think you're going to come up north on the train the same day, it is very expensive. So it's worth planning ahead if you're going to venture outside of London. What kind of prices are people looking at? About sixty pounds if they if people People are booking trains on the day, London to if you, it's, you, Yeah, it's, you, you'd be going to be surprised, but if you're booking on the day, you're looking at £100 wow. to come up to, to come from London to Leeds or York. Mm. Um, if you're booking in advance, it might get down as low as 10 huh? Well, I was in London recently and the cost of the train was going to cost me £100 if I dis- because I decided I was going to go home a day later. So if you don't plan ahead, it is very expensive. But I've, because obviously I do plan ahead, then I've got um, trains down there uh, for £20 return. So it can be cheap if you plan and like I say, once, once you get to York and Leeds, you've then got Edinburgh, which is probably about another two and a half hours away from Leeds. So there's, there's a lot to see up here. Mm, so it's a great gateway up into the, the Scottish cities, as you say, Edinburgh, Glasgow, and then the Highlands beyond that. Yeah, and you've got the Lake Districts, which is actually one of my favourite places in the UK. Uh, it's spectacular scenery, um, and you know it's just a shame that not you know many more tourists head up that way. It's a popular place, is the Lake Districts for tourists, but it's just a shame so many people seem to stick with London. Yeah, indeed. Well, hopefully this will motivate some people to to think beyond the box. Definitely. Yeah, let's hope so. Well, Darren, as we uh, wrap up the interview, you're um, just about to start podcasting yourself. Can you tell us about your your upcoming podcasting project? Yes. um, It's been a project I've been working on for some time. And hopefully within the next uh, two weeks, I've given myself a deadline to get the first podcast out there. And basically, just like the blog, it's going to be looking at travel consumer issues I'm hoping to um, interrogate some people from within the travel industry and ask them various consumer questions so it's, it's going to be I'm quite looking forward to it, it's going to be a, a monthly podcast and uh, yeah it's been a long time coming but hopefully within the next week or two it should be out there and people can listen to it on the blog Great, and what's your URL again? It's uh, travel-rants.com. Cool. Well, Darren, thanks so much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast, and uh, good luck. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for that, Darren. Yeah, thanks indeed. It was great speaking with you, and thanks for taking the time to do the interview twice after technical problems just killed the first one. That's a shocker. Don't forget to visit the site, IndieTravelPodcast.com, and check out some of our articles. We've got some really good ones up there at the moment, including one by Dave Prine about how to be more comfortable when you're flying, and uh, one by Jessica Spaulding about organizing photos. They're both really good, so you should check them out. Yeah, I'm really excited about our authors and some of the great articles we've got lined up over the next month, so do make sure you come by. Another thing to check out while you're there is information on the World Nomads Travel Podcast Scholarship 2009. This is your chance to get a two-week trip to Guatemala, get a digital recorder, get some mentorship, and produce a podcast. 
both for us and for radio shows around the world. Yeah, there's going to be some advice going up on the site for creating a short podcast. It'll be up in the next week or so. Yeah, absolutely. And while you're there, consider making a donation to the Indie Travel Podcast. In the sidebar, you'll see a new little thing with a drop-down menu. And what you can do is choose to give a donation of a dollar or two dollars or five dollars or ten dollars every month. So it's a small recurring donation. If you like what we do, consider giving us, you know, 25 cents an episode. And forget about the articles, forget about the videos. Just 25 cents an episode, <laughs> work out to a dollar a month, and that will be great. Yeah, we'd really appreciate it. In any case, thanks a lot for being part of the Indie Travel Podcast community. We love getting your emails, we love hearing from you, and uh, we love to know you're listening. So until next week, travel well. <laughs>